0: My name is Drissia Schröder-Hohenbart, and uh, I'm Drissia for most of the people I meet because I work a lot internationally. And Schröder-Hohenbart is something very difficult to pronounce, and um, I I took this name from from my husband and my family. uh, Parents, sister, and brothers—they still can't pronounce it properly. So after so many years, and um, yeah. I'm a psychologist I'm an executive coach I'm an organizational consultant and I'm also so many other things and um, I've worked with your company for a long time so I've seen quite of a some some of the waves that you've been through in your in your company and the merger with empower and and so many other restructuring and, and changes uh, along the way I've I've worked with so many, so many organizations, so many people and uh, across, across the board and uh, around the world and what I have noticed is our mind is our strongest asset. Our mind is what carries us through our whole life from birth to death this is, this is the strongest energy field that we have. The one that has the most impact outside of us. The one that has the most impact inside of us. And the one that helps us through everything in life. Everything. And if you understand better your own mind, you are able to deal with everything that is going on outside of you. And inside of you. Why I have been invited for this conference today, so it's like psychologist, what is IT event here, so what is she doing here? Yeah. And uh, um, What the mind, loving our human mind, what does it have to do with our subject here? Yeah. It has a lot to do with your subject because your company is going through a lot, because your company has been Through a lot and will still continue to go through a lot. And a lot of things that you won't be able to control directly, a lot of things which are happening outside of your control, and still you're not powerless. If you are in, if you have a high understanding of your mind, you can deal with everything that is going to happen around you and influence it with a clear mind. So, I love I love our mind. I started studying psychology at the age of 18, so quite a long time ago. So I've been busy with studying the mind and exploring and working with the mind for more than 30 years. And um, you have your IT passion, and maybe probably other, other passions, and I have my mind passion. I've seen so many stages of mind um, working as a, clinical psychologist, working in a psychiatric environment, working HR, so from psychiatric to HR, I don't know if there is a link or not, but that's my journey. <laughs> and, um, and then after that, so the last 12 to 13, 13 years, um, working as an executive coach and an organizational consultant. So I've seen human beings in the various states of mind, various states of mind. From the clearest to the more confused. From the happiest to the less happy minds. And and there is no exception. I worked in China, in the US, in South Africa, in uh, uh, Poland, in France, I'm French, I don't know if you hear it, everywhere. We, we are no different in Czech Republic. The human mind and the human being is the same, the basic, is the same for everybody everywhere. And that's so fascinating because at the surface, we have different cultures, we learn different behaviors, we have different values, history, references, languages, blah, blah, blah. That's all the surface. Because in the core of who we are, we are all the same. And I, I really, I know that each of you wants to be hum- unique and you are in a certain way. But as a human beings, we have so much more in common than we think. And that's how our mind works. Um, Our mind creates everything. It creates our emotions, it creates happiness, it creates hate, it creates fear, it creates creativity, it creates IT, IT programs and strategies and papers like this. It all comes from the same source. It all comes from our mind and from our brain. And that's that's fascinating we have a brain that can create everything what we have very often is that we misunderstand what's happening in our head and uh, we'll have a look at it a little bit more I don't know you just heard with Um, the Eon deal with the future picture that you have, with the strategy, with the business, and lots of things are changing. I don't know how you approach all those changing. Oh no, sorry. Here. Which way? Yes, this way. Are you, thank you very much, sorry for that. Are you like those? Thinking? Worrying? looking inside and like being a bit mistrusting what's going to happen and looking at them, yeah, thinking in terms of problems. Or are you like that, like the panda? Just relaxed. Let's see what comes, it doesn't matter really. And in between you have all sorts of states. And you can be like this in the morning, and like that in the evening, and the next morning like this, and the next evening like that. Our mind is changing all the time. I don't know how many states of mind you had this morning before arriving, before coffee, after coffee, getting out of bed, taking the bus, the noise, the people. Our mind is changing all the time. Why is it changing all the time? Because our brain works and produces new states of mind every second. Our brain is working all the time. It doesn't stop. I will tell you later a story that happened to me 15 years ago and go a bit more in details about it. But if you look inside of you, within a 24-hour state, you go through all sorts of mind states. Do you have a control over it? Do you know what's going to come next? Do you know how your, what kind of state of mind your brain is going to produce in five seconds? No, nobody knows. Our brain produces energy and, and states of mind all the time, but you have no control over it. And that's quite interesting. We want to control everything But the one thing which is our source of power, we cannot control it. The only thing that we can do is being aware of it. That's our way of controlling our mind. Because when in five or 10 or 15 seconds, your mind will produce something, you don't know what, some kind of thoughts, some kind of state of mind, some kind of sensation in your body, something will be produced in your brain, you have the choice to take it seriously to do something with it, to ignore it, to push it, to develop it further. That's the choice that you have, but you don't have the choice to produce your next thought because you can plan it, but your brain has a very independent way of functioning. It's quite, quite fascinating. Why is this relevant? The research around change shows, and that's, that's a curve that has been developed by a psychiatrist, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, is a lady who developed a model because she worked with patients in various, very, very late stages of cancer, and studied their mind. So how does a, a person who's very ill and facing death How how does a person like in this situation react? What kind of mental stages does this person have? And for some reason, in the consulting area and in the leadership and management studies, this model has been taken to describe the stages of change, the mental stages of change. That's quite interesting because there are lots of similarities. I don't know where you are at the moment. What they say is when human beings are confronted with Big changes, not small things, but sometimes also small things. With big changes, changes that are not under their control, like illness, or like a huge, like redundancy, like something that is changing which is so big that they have no control, they go through different stages. First is a shock, then they go through a phase of denial, and then there's a stage of some kind of a paralysis. Sometimes the anger comes, Sometimes a hurt comes, and then comes a point where they start accepting that this is just the way it is. And this is where healing starts. This is where the positive change starts. And then it goes up again. People regain strength, people regain new goals and see the reality in a different way. Um, The same reality, by the way. Nothing has changed around them. It's a mental stage. It's coming. It's an up and down in our mind, and very often outside the situation is quite the same. And then new goals, and then they start working again. They start being motivated again as they start having new successes in the new environment, and then regain self confidence. And sometimes when they change job again, then they go through waves again. I don't know if some of you have lived abroad. Has any of you uh, lived abroad? Yeah. For for a certain period of time, for a longer period of time. Yes. For all of you, you probably experienced some something like a culture shock. And the culture shock goes in a similar way. It's like you go there, maybe maybe not with the with the the first shock. The the, the culture shock is. You go through like, whoa, there's a, that's a big change, and hey, we're going to the U.S. yoo and that's, let's take all the family, we're going to the U.S., and then you're in the U.S. And the, ho- the honeymoon is very soon, Ending. I'm talking about U.S. I had this culture shock in Germany when I came from France. I'm like, hey, I was in love and my husband and blah, 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 and then I was in Germany. Like, <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> I woke up, yeah? <laughs> so I had my first culture shock there. And, but that's the same, because it was like a huge change. And then my brain started working. And the brain starts working in the starts creating emotions and thinking and blah, 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 and we go through everything. My husband and I lived in London for almost six years after that. So again, so after Germany, a happy culture shock in London. And a bit the curve was less, but it's how we function. This is how our mind functions. And you cannot ignore it. This is just like the ups and downs of life. The question is, do you want to stay there? How much do you take it seriously when it comes? When you have a down, do you stay there? How long? When you have an up, do you enjoy it? How long? That's the only part that we can control, is how much we can enjoy when we have the highs and experience gracefully as gracefully as possible, the lows. Because we all go through them, the highs and the lows. But some people get stuck in the lows because their brain creates thoughts that they take extremely seriously. Does it happen, Does 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 it feel familiar that you have sometimes some negative thoughts that you take particularly seriously? And taking them seriously means you think about them, you create more thoughts, and more thoughts, and more stories, and more, and more, and more, and more. What was a small thought becomes a huge and big thought, and something really, really big. But you did it yourself. You just did it yourself. You created more and more and more thoughts around the same. And no, there is no exception. We are all human beings um, equipped with the same mechanism with the same uh, mental principles. The awareness that we have helps us shorten the negative waves when, when we feel them, when we, when we see them coming, and enjoy more the positive waves when we experience them. Emotion is just energy in motion. Some people are scared of emotions. Uh, do you feel comfortable sometimes when somebody's very emotional in front of you? Yeah? Who, who's more of an emotional, I'm more of the emotional, I'm, I'm, more of a, of the emotional. I'm, I'm more of an emotional person, it means like feeling my emotions intensively. That's what it means, being emotional. It's like when you have an emotion, when you have an energy in motion, you experience it in a very intensive way. We all have this energy in motion in us, all of us. But some of us experience it less. And some of us experience these emotional waves in a very intense way. When they are happy, they're very happy. And when they are sad, they're very sad. And when they are angry, they're very angry. And when they are, are enthusiastic, they're very enthusiastic. So who who is more of a of an intense emotional uh, person than some uh, a little bit? Yeah, I see. I see a few hands. This is uh, yes, and that's yeah. That's experiencing life. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Yes, it's ex- yes. Your boss said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but that's that's like that's the experience of life. Emotion, this energy in motion is simply the experience of life and you will be there's nothing to be scared of. Nothing to be scared of. When we stop, only the, the, the robots will not feel and go through these in emotional waves but as long as we stay human we will have these emotional waves. They are part of us. They make us human and some some of us experience that more, more intensively and some less. That's it. Not more, not less. And in times of change, you will see people experiencing those waves in a very intense way, and some of them experiencing those waves in less intense way. But it's just part of our human experience. One of, one of, um, the thinkers, he, he died uh, some some years ago, and he, he had some kind of an epiphany, and some kind of a, I don't know if some of you are familiar with a lady named Byron Katie, or a guy named Eckhart Tolle, or have you heard these kind of names? These are people who have had very strong moments of experiencing life and understanding life and our human, human existence in a different way, in a very intense way, and, and seeing the world from a different perspective. And Sid Banks was one of them. And what he says, which is, which is very, very beautiful, I think, and I'll try to explain it the way I understand this message, is if the only thing people learn is not to be afraid of their experience, that alone would change the world. Some people experience fear in a very intense way, and act upon it. Some people experience hate in a very intense way, and act upon it, and don't notice that fear, anxiety, hate, and always negative but also positive, emotions and feelings, are just a creation of our mind. And just because we experience fear, or we experience anger, it doesn't mean that there is a real danger outside. Our mind creates its own picture of the outside world. We create our reality. But some people get caught in the believing what the the, the reality they create. They create reality, they create a danger in their head and they think they need to act upon it. This is how you have some crazy guys uh, walking with their cars through uh, a street in in Berlin and, and killing people. This, they have all sorts of thoughts and emotions in their head and they act upon them. This is how some people just jump outside of a, of a building and in 9-11, some people jumped outside the building, who were the, the building that was burning. Because all of a sudden, they, they got caught in that panic and they didn't differentiate between outside and inside. They, they, the, the fire was in their head, the danger was in their head and, and they reacted upon it without Seeing, feeling the difference between outside and inside. And in a way, when in times of big changes in an organisation, people start panicking about a merger or about you know it's not it's not nine eleven but some people can be very can be very anxious about a merger. I've seen that people being very anxious about oh, what. what in your case, it's, it's, it's this merger, but I've seen other mergers, and I've worked with other people in other organizations, and sometimes we can get caught in our own panic, in our own created reality, and act upon it. And being aware that the reality is actually a reality that we create in our head. In this room, there is no neutral reality. None of it. There is. There is a space of neutral reality, but as a human being, we will never, ever be able to perceive it, never. Because we can only perceive the reality that we create through our brains. And when we have a collective intelligence like today, a lot of work, a collective work and and teamwork and all this, it's an attempt to bring all these realities together and and try to get as, as close as possible to the external reality that we'll never touch. Because all we see is only through our own glasses. We have, as human beings, no chance to see anything else than what we see through our own glasses, and even our eyes, for those who have no glasses. And that's very, very (laughs) important to know because you will be confronted with different realities everywhere you go. You are confronted with realities. You, you know, people will talk about Brexit. People, people vote, part of the population voted Brexit and the other parties voting Remain. You think, are they, are they from the same country? Are they seeing the same reality? Are they, are they going to the same places? Why are some people voting Trump? I'm sorry for my statements, but why are some people voting Trump and some people are scared of him? Like, are we seeing the same person? Obviously not. And who is the neutral Trump? I don't know. Because there is no neutral Trump. There is only the Trump that some people see like this and some people see like that, and the way he sees himself and the way his wife sees him. We all have different perspectives on one object. What is true, what is truer, I don't know. Keeping this in mind when you interact with your colleagues is very important because we are all just living life through our own reality, and there is no one reality. Don't believe everything you think. Our brain creates so many thoughts all the time, working all the time, all the time, all the time, and maybe not everything you think is true. Maybe not everything you think is relevant. Although, I know you're very smart, but uh, don't believe everything you think. Because we are so creative and sometimes we see things and we are enthusiastic and we find them, it's great and fantastic and beautiful. And sometimes an hour later, the same thing could appear completely disgusting, completely uh, not appealing and um, or even like risky. The future is just a thought. Stefan told you about the future, and so how many people make mistakes about the future and uh, the things that will happen or not happen. There is no reason to worry about the future because it does not exist. The only thing that exists is your picture of the future. The only thing that exists is now. And in five minutes, there will be another now. And in two years, there will be another now. And before that, there is only a picture of the future. You will meet new colleagues in the other company. You will merge together and they will be like you, creating their own reality creating their own thoughts about the future, creating their own thoughts about you. Do you think they're not nervous? They're as nervous as you are to meet you. No, I know, so nobody's nervous, here. But everybody's creating some pictures in their mind, and the only way to manage a really good connection with somebody else is to have as little as possible in our mind to have as little thought as possible in our mind. If I come to you and I have no thoughts, I'm just happy to meet you because you're another human being and I think nothing about you. I don't know you. What should should I think about you? I don't know you. If I go to you and I just meet you with nothing, no contaminated thinking in my mind. Contaminated thinking are all those thoughts that we have in our mind that we create like piece of art, that are not useful. All the thoughts that you have about Ian and who they are and what they think and what they do and what they don't do, blah 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 blah, blah 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 So the more the more stuff you create in your mind, the less you can connect with another human being who is just like you, curious or scared, or whatever. When you have a clear mind and you meet another person with a clear mind then you have a very nice connection and you're happy to meet. When you have a mind full of contaminated thinking with all sorts of stories, and you meet another person with contaminated thinking and all sorts of stories, then the contact may become complicated. Yeah? This is how conflicts come up. Two contaminated thinking, mind, meeting. And sometimes if you have a clear mind, and you meet somebody with a very contaminated thinking, so very confused, lots of things, and you see it. Somebody is really in a state of mind with lots of thinking, and very nervous, and lots of emotions, blah, blah, blah. If you are clear, you can be compassionate. And you can say, oh, it's not the moment to talk. Let's wait until he comes down. Let's wait until tomorrow, not now. Yeah? You have a better feeling for the situation when you're clear in your mind and you don't let yourself be too much influenced by useless thoughts. Last but not least, we are like birds. We really are, we just forget. We are like birds because the bird sitting in a tree is not afraid of the branch because its truss is not in the branch. It's in its own wings. And we all have wings, you have wings. So whatever branch you are sitting on, don't worry, because you have wings and you can fly. Enjoy your day. I'll be around the whole day. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to meet you and happy to answer any question. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. another edition of leadership backstage i hope you enjoyed what you heard and if you want to know more about me or have a conversation with me you can get in touch via dsh-internationalhr.com